it is critical to have a fund, a, 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 an emergency fund. So I'll give a couple of examples. So if you are getting support from a spouse or a father of, a, of, of your children um, or ex-spouse for that matter, even from, from all sorts of other places, they can dry up for whatever reason. The spouse can lose, the ex-spouse can lose a job. Um, the money can run out and all sorts of things. And then you are stuck with your monthly payments that are now un unaccounted for. You are unable to take care of them. You yourself can fall ill. So if you um, working in a job where if you fall ill, they don't continue to pay you, then what happens? There's also just life. Life is full of weird detours, man. Um, you can get ill. You can your, your geyser can burst. You could be renting or living in a house that you need to move for whatever reason. And having at least three to six months worth of your, of, your, of, your, of your net pay will help out a lot in that place. A lot of people don't have that in place and it looks and feels like something that's very impossible to achieve. But it really, really starts with starting small with what you can afford. My name is Diana and this is The Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to The Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. If you're a single parent in a single-income household, raising your children and trying to save for the future may seem overwhelming. In this episode, we get back to personal finance basics with Karabo Ramoko. Strategic Marketing Manager at Old Mutual. Single parent households face issues that are made worse by not having two earners in the family. Single parents also face the challenge of one person having to combine the work, household and the child rearing duties. And raising children on your own, paying for their education and their other needs, as well as trying to save for your financial future, may seem overwhelming. I know you're not a single parent yourself, Karabo, but you work with single parents. And what have you found? What have you found to be the specific financial challenges of being a single parent? So I was raised by one um, as well. So so I I've, I know the experience personally and firsthand. So I think one of the the key challenges I, I've got one single parent in my team. But she is really jacked up on her finances. I guess you'd expect that working for All Mutual. But um, she 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 wasn't always like that. She started off um, after a divorce, and and I think a divorce and losing a partner. So she's gone through both. Um, just going from one income to to from two incomes to two. The first thing, um, my my math is terrible. From two incomes to one. The first thing you really go through as a parent is making your children understand that big change that they're going to go through in their lives. That's huge for them. Um, if if you were living in a bigger house, it's the first thing about downsizing. If you were used to a certain lifestyle, going out more often, holidays and things like that, that's the second thing. Then the third one is also even, even just the quality of life when it comes to education, when it comes to pocket money and, and just extramural activities. My godchildren's mother is sitting in that particular 
um, position at the moment. She is able to put her children through private school, but there's a lot of sacrifices. So sacrifice is the key word where it's, it's, you know what, we don't have what we used to have before. Um, but also the, 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 the second half of that over and above the financial strain, it's also the mental and emotional strain of it. And the three, the three work together, your emotions, your finances, as well as your, your, your mental wellness are very, very tightly linked. And so, so it, it is the first thing that you have to, to worry about, like, how do we get through this? And, and what's important is firstly, just staying calm and knowing that many women have done it before. It's not impossible, not only women, but men too, um, where you, you, you go from this very easy and straightforward life and all of a sudden you need to, to figure out um, just navigating a very new um, reality. Yeah, I like what you say about, I mean, it is a lot for people to be a single parent, but knowing that other people have done it before you maybe makes it seem more, more manageable. And if you're a single parent, you might not have someone else to fall back on. Maybe you don't have parents that are alive or, or relatives that you can fall back on when you encounter financial difficulties. So Karabo, would you agree that having an emergency fund is even more important for single parents? And how many months expenses should one have saved up? Not only more important, but also more difficult to set that one up if you didn't have one before. And obviously, sometimes when you're married or you live in a combined income household, you have one combined um, emergency fund. If you do have one, we know a lot of people don't. Um, it is critical to have a fund, a, 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 an emergency fund. So I'll give a couple of examples. So if you are getting support from a spouse or a father of, a, of, of your children, um, or ex-spouse for that matter, even from, from all sorts of other pl places, they can dry up for whatever reason. The spouse can lose, the ex-spouse can lose a job, um, the money can run out and all sorts of things. And then you are stuck with your monthly payments that are now un unaccounted for, you're unable to take care of them. You yourself can fall ill. So if you um, working in a job where if you fall ill, they don't continue to pay you, then what happens? There's also just life. Life is full of weird detours, man. Um, you can get ill. You can, your birth, your geese can burst. You could be renting or living in a house that you need to move for whatever reason. And having at least three to six months worth of your, of your, of your, of your net pay will help out a lot. In that place, a lot of people don't have that in place, and it looks and feels like something that's very impossible to achieve. But it really, really starts with starting small with what you can afford and making sure that you put it where it's not easy to access because Im Im not all emergencies are emergencies. That's true. That's true. You have to have a very clear definition for what an emergency constitutes. Yes, lovely point. Uh, what what about wills? Um, I we I did a, an episode with uh, someone else from Old Mutual on wills, where we discussed the importance of wills. But when thinking about this episode on single parents, um, I think wills are even more important, particularly with respect to who will take care of your children in the event of your death. Uh, potentially, if you've been widowed, so you don't have. The, the mother or father of your children is not alive, what will happen? Who will take guardianship of your children? And then also, how will the children, if they're still minors under the age of 18, how will they access an inheritance in the case of your death? So it's very important, obviously. Oh, I, I cannot stress or begin to stress the importance of a will. And a lot of people, 
especially African people, my people struggle with, oh, but now I'm, I, am, I must preempt my death. Having a will is not about preempting your death. It's not about um, cursing yourself. So we need to just debunk those myths. A will is really about thinking about your your dependent future when you are not there to do what you are able to do for them now. A will is basically your voice when you are not there. A will will say, this is the lifestyle that I lived with my children. So you want to make sure that when anything or should anything happen to you, your children's lifestyle is maintained or even improved if possible, because obviously, you know, it could have more money or they could be closer to high school or, or, or tertiary age. And therefore, you want to be able to still afford them the things you said you to them that you dreamt about when you're still alive. So it will basically is this is what I want my children to do. This is who's going to take care of them. I made an example about my my children's godparent. Um, and after after her divorce, she said, one of the hardest things to think about is if I'm not even getting along with this person whilst I'm alive or if I don't trust how they work with money or if I don't trust um, just the environment that he will give or she will give to my children. If I'm not there whilst I'm still alive, what's it going to be like when I'm not there? So your will stipulates that to say, should anything happen, my children continue to go to a private school. And this is, is where it's going to be sitting. Is it going to be in a trust? How do we access that money? It also um, it also just points money. It's almost like a little, if, if you think of a traffic light, that's what a will is. It, it directs money when you are no longer there to be able to do it. It directs your, your will. It directs your intentions. And it also just gives your children your peace of mind. Losing a parent is traumatic enough for your children. Now, when... They don't have one big thing to worry about, which is money. It just makes it that much better. You know, you can you can also put things in place that if they were used to going to um, a private clinic or private river, there is money for it to enable them to do that. So they don't sit with um, over and above the grief that comes with dealing with the lo- losing a mother. There's no resentment about, you know, n- now that she's gone, now I've got nothing. You know, and and that's quite that's quite key, and and it just helps with the the healing process as well. When you know that money is not one of the things you're going to worry about. Yeah, and um, I suppose as you said, some people are facing an issue where the ex-spouse is not very good with money, and so in the event of your death, say you have planned very well, as you've mentioned, your children are used to a private education, private healthcare, and you've planned well financially so that they can afford that. I guess in this case, it would be really important to get advice from a, a proper financial advisor on how to set up a trust or how to make sure that that money is spent in the way you want it to be spend for education or something absolutely. like that absolutely not not only speaking to advisor but also educating your children about this right because um in in our family my eldest is nine 19 and then the youngest is seven and so i started saying to her you need to know who mommy's um financial advisor is should anything happen you need to know who to call um, and that's the importance of having an advisor and making sure that they understand your dreams, your hopes, your fears, because then they know, they know, they know your lifestyle. They know what you were driving towards. They know your sacrifices as well, because it's not easy to give up money, even for the things that are important in your life. And so introducing the, the concept of mommy and daddy can go anytime. Um, and therefore, if that happens, we have made a plan 
for you to continue having the life. So, so almost planting those seeds to say, if anything happens, you will still have a home. And especially during a pandemic, um, my family and I just recovered from, uh, from COVID. And for them to know that if anything happens, mom and dad have made a plan. And the plan is, is going to outlast, you know, us as, as parents. And, and so having a good financial advisor that gets you, that gets your dreams, that gets your hopes and, and the things that really are close to your heart is very important. So an advisor is not someone you go to once and you sign a few things and you let it be. It's someone that pretty much sits on the same level as your doctor. You, you, you need to trust them. You need to trust that they've got your best, 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 um, plans and ideas and, and everything in mind, right? And I, I have an advisor like that, you know. Um, he will sit me down and he'll say, okay, you said you're going to get rid of this debt. Where are you? How's that going? Um, I know you've just acquired another property or you've just acquired another asset. What Have you included it in your will? Because we don't think about these things when we caught up in the excitement of the moment. But having an advisor that touches base with you twice a year, at the very least, because things change so much can happen and nothing like the pandemic to have made that so obvious to all of us yeah absolutely having having a good um a good and independent and and somebody who you can trust financial advisor is so important and Karabo, what about income protection and life cover? Um, as we mentioned at the start, you might not have someone to fall back on financially as a single parent. So insurance is just one way to minimize your risk. So I think life, life cover, it's, it's the first thing is to understand what goes into a financial plan. The first thing about your financial plan is about creating wealth or rather protecting wealth. And protecting wealth is not about protecting money that you already have, but protecting your ability to generate an income. The second part is about in increasing or building that wealth. And the two work together. So it's one thing to say, I've got millions of rains in my account. And if anything happens to you and end up in a hospital, you can dry up those, those accounts or those funds just like that. It's then one thing also to say that I'm protected if anything happens, but if you don't have savings and money in place to assist you, should anything happen um, or should you want to go on a holiday, you can't go and say, I'm going to pull money out of my life cover. That, that part of your policy, your, your, what you've mentioned, your life cover, your disability, those things come into place should you run into life detours, being, being disability, being um, death being illness. Those three things can happen and the probability is there. So it's very important that you have that in place whenever you, you look at that. So life cover pays out in the event that you die. You need to select the beneficiaries that that money is going to go into and you can determine how that gets split in the, in the policy itself, but you can also include that in your will. And also you can attach something that's called a finance, financial final expenses benefit or funeral plan that pays out within 24 hours to 36 hours after we've received all your documents so that you can have a decent burial. Your family doesn't have to run around trying to find money for things like that. Disability, on the other hand, you can get disabled from very easily and it can happen to any of us, right? Um, it can be due to an illness. It can be due to an accident. Um, you could be an amazing seamstress that's um, at the top of their game, but if you can't draw, design, or sew, then or for a certain time, maybe because of 
um, a short-term type of illness or disability, then it impacts your ability to actually have an income. And that's where you need to have something like a disability plan in place. And there's different plans and benefits underneath that that you can build into that. Um, for instance, just looking at women, we now have what we call for women benefit. And it, it, it covers a lot of things. So should you be pregnant and you run into certain issues, it can pay out towards um, some of the things that you might struggle with. And it's really, really awesome. But you to, to figure all of those things out and what you need, because it can, it can be quite daunting, you need to sit with an advisor and they need to sit with you. So for instance, I'm a marketing manager. I can work from home. My risk of getting into a car accident and things like that has probably dropped immensely now that I don't travel to work every day. But I still need disability should anything happen to me. If I was, um, the questions that my advisor will ask me is, what do you need to do your job? I need my eyes. I need to be able to speak. I need my hands. I can probably still do my job if I'm disabled from, 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 from ways down, but not for everybody else. So we need to, we, your advisor will ask you questions like that. What, what, what can you go with? It, it sounds crazy, but Karabo, if you lost your thumb, would you still be able to do your job? Yes, but not as good as I would. So this is the cover that will talk to, to your specific need. Then there's severe illness. And that one is one that people don't even think about. Severe illness pays out in the event that you contract a severe illness like cancer, um, the big four, cancer, heart attack, all of those kind of things, stroke. And we know that if you do get a stroke, we've got a very famous journalist that's made it in the news, had two strokes in the space of six months, and she's unable to pay her bills. She was getting paid a good salary. So even if she had an emergency fund of three months, that could have dried up as well. So having risk, a risk plan in place is for certain eventualities. It will not pay out at the end of the term if you are in a term cover because it buys you cover that can pay should a certain event happen. And that's very important for customers to understand. We've had customers come in saying, you know, especially with COVID, I lost my job. I've been paying this thing for 10 years. Is there anything I can get from it? But you could be one of the lucky, healthy people that go on for 10 years without needing to do that or your whole, your whole life without needing to claim. But it still gives you peace of mind that should I need to claim, I can do that. What's great about our, our, our new um, risk offering is that it's modular. I can build it to suit me. You and I, Diana, could be the same age, same, same height, same weight, same everything. Two children, two children, one dog and half a cat each. But our, 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 our needs might be different. Yeah, I think the key takeaway for me, and I think for single parents in particular, is you have to understand your risk and what you need to do to cover you for risk. So I love what you're saying about speaking to somebody to help you to understand that and also um, updating it regularly because your circumstances change from, from year to year. So at least annually, just have a look at what, what risks you have as a family and see how you can mitigate those. Karabo, what about um, tips for single parents on how to talk to their children about living within a budget? Because we all know, all of us who have kids, that um, kids don't really understand budgets that well when, they, when they're young and they want everything. So how do you speak to them about perhaps you can't do the um, soccer and the swimming lessons? You might have to choose one or both toys that they would like to get. How do you help kids to understand about living within a budget? Yo, that's it's not it's not easy, um, but I think 
the first tip I would say is just having really open conversations with them from the day. Um, I mean, we're not always we don't we don't always know if our situation and how our situation is going to change. Um, but sitting them down to say, you know, basic maths. Mommy and daddy both were bringing, um, I like the, the idea of two, two apples. I brought an apple, daddy brought an apple. That meant that between the four or five or six of us, we had two apples to split between all of us. With this one income gone, it means we only have one apple. And you can only slice and cut it into so many shapes, into so many pieces. And therefore, it's important for us to understand that this apple means this. So you can then start talking to them. If you are getting... Uh, maintenance, you can talk to them to say daddy or mommy is paying maintenance and contributing, but it's not the same as when we live together. And therefore, this means the following. Um, it also teaches them a little bit of prioritizing to say, let's look at what you can do. What are you most passionate about? And and I mean, a lot of us are adults today and we still don't know. We never have figured that out. But you can both love swimming and tennis, but what are you most passionate about? And mommy is going to try help you as best as possible for you to be as good as possible in that game. And then bring them into the budgeting process. And it's, it's very uncomfortable to discuss your salary with your children. But you don't have to, to again, show the whole money. But go back to the apple example. This apple could have been, we used to cut two apples into eight. And now it means we've got one. We've got one apple to cut into seven, and it might be one gone, but it means we still have a hole missing. Um, and just speaking to them continuously about their feelings. Um, one thing I'm going to throw out there is also counselling. A lot of times we focus more on the partner that's lost another partner. Children um, sit with a lot of unresolved feelings about these things so do get help the same way you're going to get an advisor to sit down with you to help you plan your finances do get help in helping your children to understand the emotions that they're going through um and then just keeping the 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 the, the channels of communication open at all times but another last thing challenge them challenge them and say okay cool um what do you think we can do for extra money um, a lot of young people and older people that are now entrepreneurs started off out of a need in their family. Maybe, and it, it could have come from a family of two parents in two incomes, but parents were saying, we're not buying you a PS4. You want a PS4? Save for it. So it's the same thing. So you get an opportunity to plant the right financial behaviors from that point. So we're not going to swipe a credit card. If you want it, you'll, you can save for it. And I can meet you halfway. If you... Want to, if you are good at baking, my babesy, come, let's go, let's go. I'll buy you flour and eggs. We start, do understand that I pay for the electricity. So maybe you we, you can even start introducing to them to say, so if you're going to make 100 rands, give me 10 rands towards the electricity. Even if you take that and put it in their education or savings, but they start understanding that and applying it to their own life. And that, that makes it even fun um, in a very uncomfortable situation. Karabo, what's the one piece of financial advice you would like to pass on to your children? Whew. I've got a lot. I've got a lot. One of them is to do go the entrepreneurial route, go do the thing that you really love, and it will it will it will pay off in the end. But financially, um, start where you are. Um, if 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 you are getting my daughter just started her first very uh, long term ish job, um, and she she got a what she was offered was more than what I got in a full-time job after qualifying. And I said to her, 
um, it starts off with that. So where you are at, start with what you have. You earned a thousand rand, for example. Put ten, put a hundred rands away in the savings. Put a hundred rands away towards the things you really love to do, and then put some money away for for a rainy day. So it's three savings for you for yourself. One just as a savings, one for a rainy day because they serve two separate purposes, and one for the things that you really love. Because then it puts that thing of, oh, okay, you know, say I can save because I still have 700 rands to do whatever I want to do with it. But start with where you are. A lot, of, a lot of South Africans at the moment feel like savings is beyond them. But it starts with what you, if you can save 250, you can save 250. And also being very clear on needs and wants. Start where you are and be clear on what is a need and what is a want. Um, I think, yeah. That's a bulk. That's a bulk. One point. So it's two points in one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much um, for your time today on the Family Finance Show, Karabo. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to The Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.